Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Hump Day edition of The Yard. And yes, I'm recording this again in a wee hours because some of the things we're going to talk about are going to take place Wednesday morning. A lot to talk about for sure as uh, women's basketball is now in the SEC tournament. Men's basketball will go on the road and play Texas A&M. And there's a lot of baseball news. You know that the uh, the Diamond Dogs are in action in uh, Pearl tonight in Trustmark Park before a bigger crowd than initially anticipated. We're going to break all that down for you today. It has been an incredible day in many respects in our state. And no matter where you come down on this, you know, and, and a lot of it's based in politics, right? I mean, that's a lot of people's opinions about Uh, COVID protocols and things like that are kind of based on their political leanings. And so I am, for the most part, very apolitical. That's not to say that I don't have some political opinions, but uh, I'm going to speak about this uh, kind of from a no-politics standpoint because what I'm concerned about is uh, Mississippi State. This is a maroon state, and uh, that is kind of what I uh, base my feelings on. You didn't tune in today. Uh, to hear me talk about uh, presidential elections and that kind of stuff and uh, you know, national policy. I'm going to talk about what Governor Tate Reeves' most recent order, I'm going to talk about that today and kind of share with you what that means for you, what that means for Mississippi State baseball, what that means kind of going forward. Now, <clears throat> it is a still a very scary undertaking because you know a lot of people have uh, have done a pretty good job when it's come to social distancing as you guys know not everybody got football tickets not everybody got baseball tickets the first weekend but now here we are getting ready to go into the second weekend and so Mike Ritchie and his group and uh, listen I love Mike Ritchie I do Mike Mike does a very thankless job for Mississippi State sometimes he does a job that uh, I don't know that most people could do that job you can say, well, Steve, how difficult can it be? Well, you know, the only times that really that, you know, that people call Mike Ritchie is when they're upset about their tickets. You know, I, did, I didn't get to sit where I wanted to be. I got moved. I'm not happy with my arrangement. I couldn't get all my tickets together, whatever. And so the problems he has to deal with are very complex at times. And the people on the other end of the deal are very emotionally uh, charged because they're invested in Mississippi State Athletics. And so it comes from a good place. It does. People want to be able to go participate and be a part of the game day experience and be part of the, you know, the home field advantage for your Bulldogs. And so they want to be as close to the action as they can be. Uh, I would encourage you, if you want to be closer, uh, dig a little deeper this year or next year for your Bulldog Club membership. But um, all of that said, I'm going to break down everything that I've learned. It has been one of those days where I've been on the phone all day. You know, that 2.30 press conference took place with Tate Reeves, didn't get done until after 4 o'clock, and then I've been on the phone basically from 4 o'clock until around 8.30 trying to get you guys some information. I'm going to do my best to articulate what I have learned. I post a lot of it on Gene's page, and I push it out to Twitter, push it out to Facebook, but I'm going to speak a little more in depth and just kind of share some things that I've learned because I think it's important you know, when we have shows like these, it's not just about the top 10 list to recap in a ball game. There are times that you depend on this show to provide you guys with information that perhaps you can't get elsewhere. And so I take a lot of pride in being able to, to, uh, to, to kind of foster some relationships, uh, you know, in the athletic department. There are a lot of people that I speak to on a regular basis that, uh, you know, I'd say, listen, kind of tell me off the record what's really going on here. You know, I'm not going to credit you. I'm not going to, you know, cite you. I just want to know 
so I can communicate that to our fans, so our fans can kind of understand, you know, what's taking place, why it's taking place, what's the thought process behind this. And so I'm going to share some of that with you today. And uh, I don't know how long we go today. I don't know. You guys have been getting some bonus coverage from me here as of late. I don't know if we go that late today because I'm tired. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm tired. I I feel like I say that every show. But uh, it's one of those days, days like today, when you're on the phone and you think you've got a good idea about something and you call somebody else and then they kind of explain, well, it's not exactly like that. And so I went all the way to the top and I talked to some people that uh, are decision makers in this process. And so I'm going to share with you what I have learned. Before I get into that, I want to remind you too. Those folks at the ticket office are dealing with thousands of people. Thousands. Thousands of people. It's not just you. Uh, I can assure you nothing is personal. Nobody in the Mississippi State Athletic Department or the ticket office uh, want to inconvenience you any more than they have to. This has been an unprecedented time. It is required for some incredible patience on behalf of our fans, our administration, really everybody involved in all this. And so, uh, and so I just kind of share that with you. Please be patient with Mike Ritchie and his staff. They are doing the best job they can for all of you. They went to work immediately this evening to begin, you know, kind of formulating, uh, you know, how they're going to roll these things out. And I want to make sure you guys understand this too because I have seen some things, again, on social media. And it's one of the things I've said before – You know, the best thing about social media is also the worst thing about social media is that everybody can use it. There are a lot of people that have strong opinions that don't have any facts. And so that's why I think that we need to take some time and talk about this and kind of break it down as best we can. And I know most of you, that's what you want. There is a small percentage, a very vocal minority, they just want to complain no matter the circumstances. And it's like that in everything. It's not, you know, something that's unique to Mississippi State. We have some people that no matter what we do, what we say, uh, you know, what programs are put in place and protocols that are put in that uh, they're going to complain. And one of the biggest things that I've seen that it's, it's really disheartening. I mean, it really, really is. And uh, maybe I shouldn't let it bother me as much as I do. But, you know, about two days ago, the hope, not necessarily the expectation, but the hope was that Tate Reeves would issue an order that would allow us to take outdoor venue capacity from 25 to 50 percent that was the hope we didn't know that for sure we were optimistic about it but we didn't know for sure but that was what we hoped and everybody that i know that's involved with mississippi state sports whether it be from the fan standpoint the athletic standpoint or whatever it was pretty much unanimous everybody's like you know what if we get that if we can get to 50 percent that's a step in the right direction and the hope was, is you know what, maybe we can get that done for SEC play. When we get ready to bring Arkansas in here, maybe we can then be at 50%. All right, that's still a few weeks away. And so now what's happened is this decision has been made now where there are no longer any restrictions on outdoor seating capacity. And that's going to make a lot of people uncomfortable. And some people are going to say, you know what, Steve, I'm, I'm going to wait this thing out a little bit longer. Yes, I can get my tickets. Yes, I'm going to buy my tickets, but I may not go for a couple of weeks. I, wanted, I don't want to be a guinea pig. I want to wait and see what everybody else does. But we hoped to be at 50% by Arkansas. And now here we are getting ready for Tennessee Tech, and we are going to be substantially higher than 50%. And so we have exceeded our hope for this order, but yet that is still not enough. And again, I say, I don't know that Mississippi State is the problem. 
Yeah, I think I think there's some people that need to take a long look in the mirror and just kind of repeat the phrase over and over again. Uh, I am the problem. I I am the problem. Those are the things that really really bother me. It's like we expect 50% and we get more than we asked for. We get more than we bargained for. And then we still want to find some way to kind of twist that and make that a criticism of Dr. Keenum or John Cohen or uh, Mississippi State University as a whole. And, and the thing that I'll, I've said many times, you know, if, if, if you're unhappy, you know, pulling for this team, then you need to go find another one. That's as simple as I can make it. And there's some people, it doesn't matter who we hire, who we fire, what we do, who we recruit, who we sign, what games we win, we always find a way to find, you know, the, the one black cloud in a clear blue sky. And so, you know, I, I'm going to speak, you know, pretty frankly about that today because I think it's important that we, you know, you kind of call it for what it is. You know, if you were expecting 50% and we're going to be, what, somewhere close to 80, 85, I guess, and that's a problem, then the problem's not with Mississippi State. I tell you a place you can get your problem solved, that's over at Bulldog Burger Company, because it's amazing what a good meal will do for you, right? I mean, a good meal will change your state of mind, it'll change your mood, it'll change the direction of your day, the course of your week. A lot of us, it's what we live to do. We live to be able to go eat and have a good time. You can do that at Bulldog Burger Company. Have the spring rolls. And I've had people that say, you know what, Steve, I never thought about getting the spring rolls. You mentioned it, we tried it, we love it. It is the best appetizer in Stockwell proper, for sure. Go have yourself a great restaurant-quality hamburger today at Bulldog Burger Company, part of a great family of restaurants that have served the Golden Triangle for many, many years. Two locations now to serve you right here on University Drive in Stark, Vegas, and on Gloucester Street there in Tupelo. Bulldog Burger Company, the place where people go to meet. M-E-A-T. All right, so let's get into it. I apologize for a little bit of a delay there, but uh, let's get into kind of where we are. All right, so again, I mentioned we sat on that press conference for an hour and a half, and it seemed like it took forever for somebody to actually ask the question. You know, I'm not on the, the state government beat, and apparently those guys are not – guys and gals are not fans of college baseball. Or it just wasn't in their minds. But, uh, listen, I understand we've got more important issues to deal with than college baseball. But I jumped on that press conference trying to get some clarity on kind of what how this is going to roll out because about an hour before the press conference, you know, we began to kind of get some word that, you know what, it might be more than 50%. It might be a situation where Tate Reeves basically lifts the restrictions on outdoor venues and this kind of puts the burden of that decision back to the hands of the university, which is precisely what happened. Now, as the press conference is going on, I'm texting with some people at Mississippi State trying to kind of get some clarity, and everybody else is kind of like me. They're kind of waiting for him to kind of just say the words. And then somebody finally addressed it. And uh, listen, I, I told the guy, I owed him a beer because I was just ready to get the press conference over with. But, uh, you know, I find it interesting that the very first weekend that State and Southern and, and Ole Miss all have a home weekend with uh, limited capacity that we've made this decision. I don't think that's a coincidence. I, I really don't. I was told about a week ago that, you know, it's like, hey, State and Ole Miss fans went all the way out to Arlington, Texas to go watch their teams play, and they can't even do that in their home state. And, and it, it is a bad look. It really is. I mean, listen, did you, you saw those crowds out there uh, at Globe Life Field. You saw that. I mean, listen, they weren't capacity crowds, but uh, they were much bigger than what we've seen here as of late. And so it's like, if we can do it in Texas, why can't we do it in Mississippi? And so I know there were a lot of people in the state legislature that were kind of lobbying uh, to get the attendance capacity guideline changed. Heard that for sure. And so 
there has already been a plan, and this is this is where I was. I got a text, and I had to stop and do that, and I lost my train of thought. But um, there was already a plan in place based on the contingencies. So if it was raised to 50%, then Mississippi State was going to do A. If it was raised beyond that, they were going to do B or C. I don't know that anybody until today fully expected it to be able to go back to 100%. And, of course, there are some news articles that get out there right away. Mississippi State, Ole Miss both going to beat 100% this weekend. And at this point, it was kind of unfair to print that, to be honest with you. And I'm not taking a shot at anybody. Because Mississippi State and Ole Miss were still kind of, you know, like all the rest of us, kind of trying to absorb all of this. And it's easy for you and I because, you know, we just have ourselves to worry about. But, you know, Keith Carter, John Cohen – uh, you know, those guys have got a lot of moving parts that they've got to do. they got to get on the phone, got to have some conversations with people and say, okay, here's what we want to do. Uh, how do we reseat the stadium? Do we put you guys back in your normal seats? What about the people that uh, got moved to the upper deck because of social distancing? And so there were a lot of decisions made, you know, anticipation of the 25%. And so, as you guys know, I guess it was the top 500 of Bulldog Club that made it. And so even those people, you know, were somewhat inconvenienced. Yes, they're in the stadium. And you say, you know what, Steve, I, I would have done anything to be there anywhere just to be able to watch our guys play. And, and I, I get that. But there were a lot of people that were moved. And so now you've got to reseat the whole thing, right? And, and, and it wouldn't be fair to those people that, uh, you know, were in the top 500 that got moved up in the upper deck to stay there. And then you kind of seat beneath them with people whose contributions aren't as substantial. And so Mike Ritchie and his group, they got to work with the Bulldog Club and kind of make sure they have everything correct. And there were some people, too, that weren't given the ability to buy tickets, right, because of the fact they didn't meet the cutoff. And so now you got to get on the phone or you got to get the emails out to people and say, okay, listen, hey, now that we're able to open this thing back up, you've got a chance to buy tickets. And there are going to be some people that say, you know what, I'm not going to buy them this year. Or is there going to be a prorated ticket price? How are we going to handle that? And, and those are decisions that I don't make. You know, and those are things that, uh, you know, John Cohen and his crew have to kind of figure out. And they will. So let me kind of break it down as best I can because uh, this is what people really want to know. So all of the chairbacks are going to be sold. We've got about 4,400 of those. Every one of those is going to be sold. Simple as that. And the, the people that elect not to get them this year, well, then there'll be other people that'll take them because everybody wants chairbacks, right? Everybody. And so the full grandstand ticket area is going to be sold. Now, I've been going to, to ball games in that stadium for years and years and years. I and mean, since we had the renovations, I've been to a lot of ball games, especially on Fridays where the grandstand's kind of half empty because a lot of people go wander out to the lounge or people can't make it in time for a Friday night game or whatever. And so there will be some people, of course, that will put some pictures on Facebook and say, hey, look at this. I didn't get my grandstand tickets, and then here people aren't even coming to the games. You know, maybe you can get them on StubHub. I don't know what to tell you. But all of the grandstand tickets will be sold. There will be no social distancing in the seats. You will be required to wear a mask when you enter the venue and you move around the complex. That, that is a requirement, and that's an SEC rule. And, and to be honest with you, it's a good rule. And I understand there's a little bit of hypocrisy and all that, too. I mean, I get it. It's like, well, I'm going to be sitting by these complete strangers kind of shoulder to shoulder, and then i got to get out and wear my mask so we can go to the restroom together. And, you know, I, I, I get it, but it is what it is. The Omaha Club, that's going to be sold too. Now, it's a little tricky there too because you have the inside area, right, 
and you have the outside area and you have to walk through the inside area to get to your exposed seats and your outdoor seats right and so because that that portion of the stadium is indoors it's still part of an indoor venue right and so it's a little tricky there they're going to figure that out how we're going to handle that it'll be fine but those tickets are going to be sold those dugout club tickets those are going to be sold those are going to be sold as well and so all of that premium seating is going to be sold go ahead and get ready for that because if you haven't gotten an email and you were a you know season ticket holder or somebody that signed up to buy season tickets and you paid your contribution and you know to, to give yourself the right to buy those tickets, you're going to hear from the ticket office. All right, simple as that. In addition to that, we're going to see student tickets for this weekend go from 200, and then they ended up freeing some more tickets. I guess it ended up being closer to 300 last weekend because they had some no shows and stuff, and so. This week, I'm told it's going to be around 750, somewhere between 700 and 800. But uh, the guy I talked to said he's comfortable saying 750, around 750. So that's a pretty big increase. Now, is that what we normally do? No, it's not. By the time we get to play Arkansas, will it be what we normally do? Maybe. And a lot of it's going to be on how we handle it, students, right? Let's understand that. You know, we're, we're kind of opening these things back up, and you know, people are going to be able to come out here and go to these things. And I know many of you guys just kind of mill around in the outfield. But how we handle it's going to be important. If we get all 700 people and everybody piles upon each other, and you know, we're just there for a beer bonanza, you know, it, it, we might not see it go to a thousand tickets, and that would be unfortunate because the people that want to get in there aren't able to get in there because people are perhaps are, you know, maybe not participating the way they should. Your rigs, you folks in the left field lounge, we've talked about this, and this was kind of the protocol when we expected it to go from 25 to 50. You're going to go from four people in the rigs to eight. And I know some people are already upset about that. Well, why can't we go more? If they're going to be able to do the full grandstand, why can't we do the whole lounge? I don't have a good answer for that, to be honest with you. I, I don't. I don't have a good answer for that. And I, and I don't, do I think it's going to stay this way? No, I don't. I think there are going to be steps that we take you know, to kind of get us there. And we got to handle it the right way, too. But the bottom line is we're going to have greater capacity out there in the lounge. And listen, I understand that is part of the ambiance and the charm of Dirty Noble Field is being able to have the, you know, the, you know, the grills going and that sort of stuff. And it's a party out there. I get it. And you want all your friends and you want your relatives. You want everybody around you, especially this time of year, because we're a baseball school. We, we kind of, you know, mark the calendar by the beginning of college baseball season. We plan our vacations around the College World Series. I mean, that, that's kind of who we are. And so after all the things we've been through in the last year, I get it, man. It's like, uh, listen, we're, we're getting a chance to do this. I don't want to have to tell people that I love no, that I can't bring them in there. I want to be able to handle that thing. I want to be able to give those guys a ticket and have them in my, in my, in my rig. I, I understand it. And hopefully we'll get there this year. But we're not going to be there this weekend. And just like last weekend, you know, we went through thinking, okay, well, this 25% thing, this is just kind of what we're going to have to deal with for probably a month or so. And then things have changed for us, and it's moving a little quickly. So we're getting more of what we want a little sooner than we anticipated. And I know it's not all that we want. It's not. But we're going to go from having, you know, what, 2,400, 2,500 people? You know, to probably having, you know, what, seven or eight? You hit pretty quick. 
Now, this weekend, there are probably some people that weren't planning to come to the ball game that may not come. There are other people that had other plans to say, you know what, forget that. I had not seen the Mississippi State play baseball in person uh, since we were down in Biloxi last March. And you're going to come on up here. And we, we want you here. And that's one of the things that I think that sometimes people lose sight of. As a Starkville resident, I love it when you guys come to town. I do. It's like a family reunion. I love being able to walk out there on a lounge, sometimes take a day off from covering a ball game. And just to be able to walk out there and visit with everybody. Because there are many friends, the only time I see them is when you guys come to town for a ball game. Walk out there, and I can go hang out with Hobie for a while, and I can walk over there, and I can see Sammy Wolcott and his group for a while. I can walk around and see all these other friends, and there's a lot of friends I hadn't met yet. And so when we get a chance to get together and put those maroon and white clothes on and go out there and kind of be united as a people, man, it reminds me why I'm alive. I mean, I don't do all this work just to pay bills, man. I mean, I enjoy being with you guys. I enjoy being out there and cheering for our kids and watching the Diamond Dogs do something amazing. That's the one thing we've always been able to kind of poke our chest out about is college baseball. And I know how badly you want to be a part of it. I know how badly you want to make memories with your family and your kids. You want to be able to bring everybody. And listen, I, I, you know, I hope we have some record crowds this year too. But I want to be able to do it safely. And I know there's a lot of people out there that have strong opinions about this. I'm not going to make, uh, you know, any, any judgments on what anybody else thinks. Some people are saying, you know what, we need to be 100% right now. We need to go right back to it. I, I don't know if that's a responsible thing to do. I'll be honest with you. I don't know if that's the right thing to do. And one of, part of that, too, is I think it's about there's some people out there that just, you know, will, will have more of a comfort level. So, you know what, let's kind of bring this thing along a little bit slowly because what if we bring everybody back, and what if two weeks from now, which has been the magic number, right? Just wait for two weeks. What if two weeks from now we have a big spike, and then they can kind of you know tie that back to college baseball? Well, then what's going to happen? We're going to go right back to 25% at most. And so that's why I think, okay, maybe we roll this thing out in phases week to week. Maybe we just go week to week and say, listen, okay, we did it this week. Numbers are still good. People are still good. We didn't have major issues, so let's let's go let's go a little further, okay? And then by the time we get to maybe the end of March, then maybe we're maybe we're getting ready to get close to 100. percent Maybe it's the middle of April. Maybe it's May. But you know what? By the time we're in the middle of the SEC race and we need you know, we need 15,000 people here, you know, my hope is that we'll be able to get them here. But I think there are some steps we have to take that, that uh, to me at least, I think it's logical to take a little time with this. And listen, there may be some, some other schools in the state may be totally different. But the fact that we're going from 25% to what we're going to have now after just one weekend, one week of college baseball, and there are many people that thought, you know what, I'm not even going to be able to get tickets this year. I'm not going to be able to get and see my dogs play, and I'm bummed about it. Well, how exciting is it now to realize, you know what, now I get to go. Now I get to go. The next part of this is general admission uh, seating. You folks are probably the ones that are going to probably be inconvenienced the longest. And what I mean by that is, is we're going to take care of season ticket holders first. Now, and as, as harmful as that may be to some people, that's the right course of action. You know, and that's not to say that we don't value those folks that can't afford to buy season tickets or perhaps don't buy season tickets because they can't make the commitment to be here and it's not, you know, financially feasible for them. 
And there are other people that say, you know what, I just want to be able to go up there when I can, you know, maybe when I get a day off and bring my kid to the ball game. I, I get it. I do. I've been there. Been there a lot. Long before I was a credentialed member of the media, long before I wrote books and had a show and that sort of stuff, I was just riding for Jeans Page and I was a fan like you guys and I was bringing my kid up here every chance I got. And so we'd go right up there to the ticket office, we'd buy some tickets and we'd go sit out there in the bleachers and we'd feel great about life. And so I understand that, that feeling. Those people are eventually going to be accommodated. But before we can get to that, we got to make sure we get those people that are fully invested in Mississippi State baseball. And I don't say that in a disrespectful way. But before we start selling more tickets, we got to take care of those people that usually buy tickets. we got to start there first. And I th- that's, that's life. That's how things work. That's not to say that your money is not important. That's not to say that your uh, allegiance to Mississippi State is not important. It absolutely is. But it is a much bigger undertaking to get the grandstand reseated and get all those people that have paid, you know, hundreds if not thousands of dollars to be able to, uh, to get in premium uh, seating. So those people are going to be taken care of first. And then we're going to have some general admission stuff. And then uh, eventually that will open up even more too. That's where a lot of this, where the growth is going to come, right in, in the second half of this deal, in the back end of this deal, it's going to come in those general admission tickets. It's going to come in those people that you know, sit there at the drink rail and you know, walk around and, and just have a good time, uh, walk around the lounge or whatever. And so you know, those, are, those tickets will be there eventually. There will be some to start, and then as this thing, if this thing takes hold and things are okay – then that'll get expanded a little bit. Same thing with your student tickets. As again, I mentioned we're going from around, I guess, two to three hundred to seven fifty. We handle that right, and there's no issues. We don't begin to see spikes among the student population that attended the ball games. Well, then the next week we'll probably go a little bit more. And I don't, and I hate to put a time frame on it because I'm, I'm speaking for myself. I'm not speaking for the university. But every week that we get through this thing and we don't see negativity right then we'll begin to see more and more of these restrictions lifted but basically what we're going to do is we're going to watch it for a while and then as we get ready for sec play you know we go to lsu first and arkansas comes here that week is when some major decisions are going to be made right and so we've got a couple weeks here i guess two and a half weeks where we'll have the new expanded capacity and then if things go well, then we'll open up even more. And that's as plain as I can say it. And so I think it's important, again, let everybody have a little patience with each other. You know, it's going to be one of those things when maybe you and your maybe you and your neighbor had decided, well, I didn't get tickets this year. We'll just watch it around here. Then all of a sudden they get tickets because they're a little higher on the priority list, and they, they finally get back to you, and you're like, okay, well, now I can go. But I think it's important for everybody to understand everybody's got a job to do. And everybody wants you there. Everybody involved, from John Cohen to Tanner Allen to Chris Lamonis to Steve Robertson to Dave Murray, everybody involved, the popcorn vendors, everybody, we want you in Duty Noble Field. Nobody is being kept out purposely. Nobody. Nobody is being pushed out. Nobody says, you know what, let's find a way. You know that guy down there in, uh, you know, Buckatana? He always wears the dirty and move rest cap. Let's keep him out this year. Nobody's having those conversations, man. We we thrive with these big crowds. We love the big crowds. We love to be known for that. We love to set attendance records. We love all those things. 
And we want to be able to share that experience with you. And so that's going to take place. And it's one of those things, too, where it's like, you know, we talked on Monday. I don't know what we're going to talk about on, on Wednesday show. And here we are. It all happened so fast. And so, you know, that's not to say the university was unprepared. And I know some people have tried to suggest that. That's just not true. But it's like, it's kind of like the old Pascal programs. For, I'm speaking computer language. You know, if then, this is what we do. If this happens, this is what happens. And so there was already some contingency plans put in place. And so now those guys are working overtime. It's already Wednesday, right? It's already Wednesday. Can you imagine the job that that ticket office is going to have to do between now and Thursday night? I mean, begin to, I mean, just let that settle in for a second. You know, usually you have months and months and months to make your decisions about buying tickets. And if people want to be here this weekend, we've got to turn this thing around here in basically 48 hours. It's, a, it's incredible to think about that. And so they're going to have some, you know, they're going to have some long conversations and some long meals. And I know, listen, people are going to get an email and these are your options and you just pick a button and then you're good to go. They automated a lot of that stuff. And so, so hopefully it goes pretty smooth. But it'll go a lot smoother if everybody just kind of understands we all want the same things. We do. We absolutely do. And uh, I know that I speak on behalf of everybody here in Starkville that, uh, you know, our Starkville vendors have had a really rough stretch. I mean, everybody has. But, uh, you know, we're a small town that kind of, you know, we depend on a university. You know, the veranda's closed. You know, JCPenney's closed. And we, we've, had, we've had a rough stretch. And so many of our local vendors and merchants, they, they depend on these ballgame weekends. They depend on you to come up here because so many of you are so great. It's like rather than go and buy that Mississippi State shirt on Amazon, you'd rather come to town and buy it from one of our people. And I love you for that. I really do. Because I love these people. These people have become my friends. I've gotten to know so many of them and their stories. And I've heard so many of them tell me, you know, Steve, you know, we're going to make it. But, you know, Steve, we had to cut staff here. I wasn't able to do this this year. You know, we've all had to kind of tighten our belts a little bit. But... When you guys come to town, if you can, please spend some money with our people. Please. Maybe don't stop in another community, and that's nothing against them, okay? They can have their Chamber of Commerce contact you. But maybe let's wait and get gas from Starkville. Maybe let's wait and get lunch from Starkville. Maybe let's wait and buy that new M over S shirt in Starkville. And so on behalf of our people in Starkville, I implore you and I beg of you, when you come up here this weekend, let's, let's celebrate Mississippi State and let's celebrate Starkville. Send everybody home with some new Mississippi State gear. Buy some for yourself. Get some gifts. Kids have been good. Many of them have been cooped up a lot anyway. Hadn't had a chance to go watch the Diamond Dogs play, right? I mean, you, you know, all those kids want to see Tanner Allen play. Well, let's go buy them a nice shirt. Let them get out there and watch it. You know, I, I, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. There's just so many people that I know that are friends of mine that have really struggled. And uh, I just, I'm not going to I'm not going to belabor the point for very long. But I, I want to make sure you, you know, you know, some of these people are people that I have lunch with. These are people that I go over and I have dinner at their homes, and I've seen them lose their business, and I've seen them you kind of battle depression and kind of go through some of these things. And I've seen some other people that uh, I have known for a long time that, uh, you know, as my mama used to say, uh, you know, their color just isn't very good. You walk around and you can just see the weight of all this on top of them. And so my hope is, is that we will get a little joy from the weekend. 
And all of a sudden, we begin to get some things back. And my hope is this is long-lived. I hope this is not a temporary deal for us. And I know you feel the same way. All right, let's uh, get into today's top 10 list brought to you by Dr. Robert Yarbrough. You guys know Doc. We've talked about him on the show before. Many of you struggle with ear, nose, and throat problems. You do, and some of you may not even know it. But you always have this congestion. You always have this pressure and this pain, this sinus stuff you deal with. And you always just kind of write it off and say, well, I'll just take a Zyrtec. And then you don't, you know, listen, stop trying to treat the problem on your own. Deal with a real doctor. That's Dr. Yarber. Robert Yarber, known him a long time. Great guy. Knows exactly what he's doing. Part of a great group of physicians, the ENT Physicians of North Mississippi. Listen, they'll take care of you. There's two locations to serve you. Absolutely two great locations uh, if you're in Starkville, 910 Stark Road. You know right where that is, right? 910 Stark Road. Everybody knows where Stark Road is. It's about a movies. And then on Pegram Drive there in Tupelo, 618 Pegram Drive. One phone number. It's all you need. You don't have to go look it up. Here it is. 662-844-6513. Again, that's 662-844-6513. Dr. Robert Yarber of the ENT Physicians of North Mississippi going to be supporting our hospital too so like when he's here if he has to do a surgical procedure for a patient in Starkville he's going to do it OCH and listen that's our community hospital so anything that helps the hospital is good for our community and so uh you know I hope you don't have to have surgery but you know what you might have to have a procedure to get this handled once and for all don't be scared of it reach out to Dr. Yarber today all right so today's top 10 list are the top 10 rap songs in the Mississippi State 2021 walk-up songs now, I'll be honest with you, this is a bit of a struggle for me because a lot of this stuff is newer stuff, and I don't listen to a lot of this. But let me, let me tell you guys, too, and, and I know I'm going to get a lot of DMs about this, but I'm just going to say it. Listen, I listen to every one of the rap songs on this list. I listen to every rap song on the spreadsheet of every Mississippi State baseball player that picked a rap song. You know, we did the rock stuff on Friday. We did the country stuff on Monday. There were a lot of rap songs and some that I was very unfamiliar with. But let me tell you guys this, too, and, and you, you young folks especially. You're going to look back one day and you're going to say, man, how in the world did I like Migos? I mean, how did I like that? Oh, my gosh, it's so bad. Oh, it's, it is so bad. But I'm not going to sit here and be too judgmental. If you like them, you like them. But I'm telling you, you're going to look back one day and you're going to be like, oh, my gosh. Remember how silly that was? Oh, I can't believe I listened to that. I, that's I'm telling you. Listen, there are people from my generation that look back and say, you know, I used to listen to Poison. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hating now. But, uh, but you understand my point. You're going to look back at some point and think, oh, my gosh. So <laughs> I didn't put any of those on the list. And uh, what's that guy's name? Little Uzi Vert and, uh, and Future and those guys. I just, I, I'm just not feeling it, man. There's no flow. In it. That, this mumble rapping stuff is awful. It's awful. You know, that's the thing I think about. You know, I don't want to get too deep into this rap stuff, but, you know, that's the thing about, you know, when, when you had Big Daddy Kane and Kumo D and Eric B and Rakim, KRS-One, you know, people had some flow. Houdini, you know, it, it, was, it was different. You know, people understood rhyming. They, could, they didn't have to do this stretch, you know. It just didn't make any sense to me. But, again, if you love it, you love it. I know many of you that don't like uh, – don't like rock and you you have to kind of work through this that's part of the show but uh but here's the top 10 rap songs 
and, and some of these I really like, I mean, to be honest with you. Some of them I was kind of unfamiliar with, and maybe I'd only heard as a walk-up, and I listened to them the whole way through, and I really dug them. Okay, so number 10 is uh, Riding on the Wall by French Montana, featuring Post Malone. I think that's a pretty cool song. I can't remember which player's walk-up it was. Uh, but number nine on the list, going back several years here, it's uh, Sugar Sugar by Baby Bash. That's Tanner Leggett's walk-up song. We got the Tanner almost hit a home run of the night, right? And uh, so, hey, Tanner, thanks for bringing an oldie but a goodie back to us. Speaking of oldies but goodies, that's number eight. It's Run This Town with Jay-Z featuring Rihanna. That's Christian McLeod's song. Uh, Jay-Z is a lyrical genius. Absolutely lyrical genius. I love that mashup album he did with Linkin Park. And uh, there's so many things even early in the catalog. But Jay-Z is an incredible lyricist. Like the 99 Problem song is one of the, to me, is, is absolute gold. I love that song. And there's so many great rhymes in there. I, I love it. I absolutely love that song. But uh, that's not the song today. It's Run This Town. So Christian McLeod, your Friday night guy, you heard that a lot for him. Uh, Braywin Skinner, we have not had a chance to see him play yet. He's still on the shelf. Be back in a couple of weeks. But uh, Braywin Skinner's song is Good Life by Kanye West. I'm not a big Kanye West song uh, fan, but I admit the song's pretty decent. Logan Tanner recently changed his. He had uh, no option by Internet Money, and he scratched that and recently went with Today Was a Good Day by Ice Cube. Uh, I'm down with that, uh, for sure. Anything from the NWA family is legit. So that's where we are with that. And listen, uh, Logan, I think you need to stick with that. You had a pretty good weekend this weekend. Uh, hit, a, hit a couple balls absolutely incredibly hard. And so stick with uh, Ice Cube. Kellum Clark, we've seen him hit one time. And his is so bad from Eminem, another incredible lyricist and a guy that can rhyme just about anything. I, I saw him on a 60-minute interview uh, teaching people how to rhyme with orange. It's crazy. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's on the next level. Xavier Lovett, and I probably could have gone higher with this one. Xavier Lovett's Walk Up is X is Gonna Give It To You by DMX. Uh, love that song. And one of the things I loved about the DMX stuff is, like, I don't know who put together the backing tracks. I don't know who put together the beats. But the DMX stuff was always so loud and so great. It was so aggressive. I dug it. Uh, number three on the list, and this is um, – uh, Brandon Smith's walk up. We actually had a couple people that had this one, but uh, Brandon Smith's "It's Ooh Ah My Life Be Like" by Grits. And of all the songs on here that I was unfamiliar with, that's the best of the bunch. That is the without a doubt of all this newer stuff. But I know that song's got some age on it. You're saying, "Well, Steve, it's not really a new song. It's new to me." Okay, I've heard it a few times, but it's uh, it's relatively new to me. But of the ones that I was somewhat unfamiliar with, that's the best one. That's a really really good song. Might even download some more grits and check it out. Number two, and he's already been on the list one time uh, earlier when we did the list on Friday, but it's uh, my, of my favorite walk-ups. It's uh, Riley Self's Me, Myself, and I by g Easy. I'm a g Easy fan. I like Gerald. I like the work he did with Post Malone, too. But number one, and uh, it's from uh, the Georgia Peaches Outcast. I think this is on Stank On You. Yeah, I can't remember. But um, it's Miss Jackson. I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. Scotty DeBrule's Walk Up. And I got I to gotta know, Scotty. I got to know the song. I got to know the story behind that. Why did, why did you pick that? I love the song. 
But what's the significance? Why are you why are you apologizing to Miss Jackson when you're getting ready to hit a baseball? And so I'm curious to know what I'm going to interview him and I'm going to ask him. I interviewed him when he made the decision to transfer to Mississippi State. I haven't talked to him since then, but I got to know. I got to know what's the story behind the walk up. I think those are some of the best baseball stories. I remember speaking of walk ups, and I won't chase this very long. I, was, I did the very first interview Jake Mangum ever did on the Mississippi State campus. I was the only person to request him. It was after the Vanderbilt game his freshman year when he had the big hit uh, that you know drove in, I guess, a tie and run. But, uh, and so I asked him, I said, what's the deal with the walk-up? I mean, that, you know, the outfield, that song was released before you were even born. And so he told me the story that that was his good friend, Trace Levertich's walk-up song at Jackson Prep. And so, you know, Trace quit playing. He retired from baseball. And so because Jake loved him so much and they were such good friends – he wanted to kind of share in the Mississippi State experience, and so he borrowed Trace Levertich's walk-up song, and it became part of Mississippi State baseball history. And so I love those stories. I love to know why people pick certain songs. Sometimes it's as simple as, well, I just kind of like the song, but sometimes it's a greater meaning, and so I like to ask that question and kind of get some more information. But there you go. That's your top ten list for today. If you have ideas for the top ten list, reach out and let me know. Some of you have reached out, and I haven't responded yet, and it's because I don't want to forget. Because, like, if I see your message and I'm on the road or something, so I don't open it until I have a chance to look at it. I know there's one uh, – It's I get hit up on Instagram. I get hit up on Twitter, on Facebook, email, text, skywriting, everything. Uh, what are these top ten lists? And a lot of people say, hey, Steve, you haven't done this one. And then I'll say, yes, I have. Here's the list. But if you have an idea, reach out let me know. Top ten list. Uh, again, brought to you by Dr. Robert Yarber. Listen, when you guys are in town, I talked a little while ago about local vendors. Listen, Campus Bookmart is a Stark Villigan institution. I mean, it is. Stan the Man, one of my favorite people in town. And you know what? When, when Stan the Man's not out there uh, doing the retail game, he's in left field lounge. It's not just a job for him. It's a passion. He loves to outfit Mississippi State fans and help you find that perfect gift for your family, for the Mississippi State fans, and your family. Uh, Miss Kathy Brown, a great buyer and a lovely, talented Susie, kind of runs the whole show down there. You can go in and see her, and uh, they'll be glad to see you. And uh, expecting big crowds this weekend, so I'm sure they're going to be busy. And maybe you don't want to go by and deal with that on a weekend. Maybe game day is not a good shopping day for you. Visit them on the World Wide Web at campusbookmart.net, and by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll save you a little money. The phrase it pays is BSR, promo code BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And that gets you free shipping on all orders over 50 bucks. Any order less than $50, absolutely incomplete. Again, that's BSR, campusbookmart.net. Let's talk a little bit about USM baseball. We are going to play them. So we got the ticket stuff handled. Let's get ready to go play a game, right? Mississippi State all-time 83-42 and 42 against Southern Miss. We have not played the Golden Eagles since 2019. Of course, we uh, we generally play them at least once a year. We used to go down there and play them at Pete Taylor Park. And when I was a kid, we used to go over from Columbia and go watch them play in Hattiesburg. And we're happy they came down there so we could see them. Because, you know, when I was a kid, and I'm sure it's like this today, you know, those guys are my heroes. You know, it's like, you know, th- it was like the New York Yankees coming to my hometown. You know, we had a chance to go there and watch Mississippi State play. Because all you ever – and when you lived in South Mississippi, all you, you're inundated all the time with the Southern Miss stuff. And I wasn't a Southern Miss fan. And so I loved being able to go watch our guys play and then beat up my neighbor's favorite team. Loved it. Thought it was great. But we're 83-42 and 42 overall. 
Uh, and, you know, we've had some memorable moments in the rivalry. You remember several years ago, Ron Polk uh, was nearly arrested after being ejected from a ball game down there. And then, uh, you know, Lane Burroughs left Southern Miss to come to Mississippi State, and there were some choice words, uh, you know, for Lane and his family when we went back down there. And uh, you remember the fiasco with the baseball regional, right? Remember that? Back in 17? And we end up going on the road down there. And that's not to say Southern Miss didn't deserve the regional, but I, I've said this before and I'll say it again. When these smaller G5 teams win the right to host, if they don't have a facility that can accommodate the big crowds, they need to move it. They could have played that thing at, at Pearl or whatever. But, um, you know, just like with the Louisiana Lafayette thing, it was ridiculous what our fans had to go through to get tickets. It makes no sense whatsoever. But uh, Southern Miss off to a, you know, I won't say a great start because it's not. They're 4-3 and three on the year. They take two out of three from Northwestern State to begin the year. And um, then they lose to South Alabama, Donnie Mobile. And then this past weekend they had the big uh, three-game series with Connecticut. They take two out of three there. Uh, and all those games are competitive. You know, It's a one-run game on Friday and Saturday. And then Southern Miss loses uh, 10-7 on Sunday. But, again, a good win for them. They've won both series. And, uh, again, four and three, you know, not a great record. But, listen, it's such a small sample size. I don't know if we can make any determinations at this point about the Golden Eagles. But uh, we know that they're going to bring their best effort because we, are, we understand, and uh, I say this with as much respect as I can possibly muster, it is not a big deal for us to beat them. It is a big deal for them to beat us. And uh, we know this, so we know we're going to get their best shot. Uh, looking at their numbers here, They've got one guy hitting over 300, and that's Christopher Sargent. He started and played in seven games, 25 at-bats, has eight hits, uh, three doubles, a couple of home runs. And uh, Southern Miss has hit a few long, a few big flies this year as a team. Uh, nine home runs have given up eight, but the team batting average of just 191. So they're not exactly putting the ball in play, and everybody says, you know what, hitting's always behind pitching this time of year. I don't know if it's always the case, but uh, they have not done a great job hitting the baseball. As a matter of fact, only four players on the roster are hitting above 200. So, you know, we got a chance to go in there and pitch this thing well. Houston Harding, of course, is going to get the start for Mississippi State. I haven't seen Southern Miss's announcement uh, for a starter, but uh, I expect it'll be a Johnny Holstaff-type deal. But, um, you know, I'm excited about the game. I know you guys are as well. Uh, the only appearance Mississippi State's going to make in Pearl this year. And we'll see how that goes, you know. But uh, I like when they go on the road. I like it when they go to Biloxi. We're not this year, but uh, probably we'll do that. You know, ordinarily we would probably do that when we're coupled up with LSU down there. You know, we have an opportunity to play maybe a Southeastern or Louisiana Lafayette down in Biloxi and then scoot over to Baton Rouge and, uh, you know, and play a series down there. And, of course, we're headed to LSU this year, but um, – you know, maybe we just couldn't pull it together. You know, we, we the, the SEC schedule, for the most part, was what it was last year. And uh, so we're going to head down there. Probably just couldn't pull it together in time this year. But I know they had a great time in Biloxi last year. I know everybody was excited about that, about going down there and playing at MGM Park. And so many fans down there turned out and had a great time watching the Bulldogs beat Texas Tech. But uh, glad we're on the road again to give the uh, Central Mississippi folks a chance to come see the Bulldogs on a school night. But, uh, you know, this Southern Miss team, which, again, it's difficult to tell what to make of them. It doesn't look like they're an offensive juggernaut, not at least at this point. 
Uh, so, you know, we'll see how things break down. But, listen, this is going to be a team that is really going to challenge in their league. And so this is, could be a big win for us when we begin to look at RPI down the stretch. You know, we need to get a win here and then let them kind of go to work for us, if you know what I'm saying. We need them to get hot and kind of win their league, and that will make us look that much better. And so I'm okay with playing to their miss. I'm glad we don't play them in Hattiesburg anymore because it seems like every time we go down there, there's drama every single time. That's the way it seems. And so we'll play them in, in Pearl or we'll play them in Biloxi and we'll have a good time with it and we'll kind of move on with life. But um, looking forward, and for those of you that were unaware, many of you uh, couldn't get tickets. Well, now that the governor's order has been extended, they put some more tickets on sale today. I am sure they've been gobbled up by now, but should be a great crowd for baseball at Trustmark Park in Pearl. Get there early. You know parking sometimes can be a real chore there. Let me encourage you to get out and uh, get on the road as early as you can and uh, go cheer the Bulldogs on to victory. And then we'll be right back into town on Friday ready to play Tennessee Tech. And, again, eager to see what those crowds look like. But, uh, again, we want you here, and we love how much you guys support the Bulldogs on the road. That's one of the things that that nobody can ever take away from our Mississippi State family is that especially when the Bulldogs are on the road in baseball – we turn out. Doesn't matter where we are. I remember last year watching Mississippi State play Long Beach State on on the stream, right? And then there's a handful of Mississippi State fans right there behind the plate, you know, cheering for our guys. And, and I always think to myself, man, I wish I wish I could get a hold of those people and like buy them a drink or something, you know, or, or let me buy lunch for them because I'm so grateful that that our team has some of our fans there sporting our team colors and cheering for them, even as far away as California, man. It, you, you guys are awesome, absolutely awesome. And I know that our players, and especially our players' parents, appreciate your support. That's one of the things, all these travels I've made with college baseball here the last few years, is you get to know these baseball parents, and uh, there's a lot of times they can't go. They try to go to every game, but there's sometimes they just can't make it. And it means a lot to them that their extended family – in the Bulldog family, is there to cheer for them when their parents can't be. It is a really cool thing. If you're thinking of making the move to Starkville, look no further than our friends at Portico. Portico is a brand-new residential complex that, uh, listen, houses are going fast. I mean, Brooks has kind of kept me up to date on things, and I shared with you guys here recently, uh, 18 houses in the first phase, 12 of them are already gone, and I understand there's, there's another deal pending are about to be there's another house there's about to be an offer made on and so if you're going to wait around you might be left out of this first phase and i would encourage you to go ahead and jump in many of you have been on the fence and said you know what steve i don't know if this is the time to do it no it's the time to do it i hear it from you guys all the time it's like man i need to get a place in starkville or i need to move to starkville i need to work in the golden triangle i want to be close when i get off work i can run up there to go to the ball game well you know portico is 1.1 miles from campus you can go home, put on a maroon shirt, freshen up yourself, and then get to the ballpark in time for dinner. It's a great way to do it, man. Portico is right there off Garrett Road behind the Cryford Jeep dealership. You guys are familiar with that. I mean, it's right there. I mean, it's you get off 82, boom, you're right there. You're right there. I mean, it's so easy access to both 82 and 25. You can't beat it. You don't have to get out and go fight that traffic. And you know what? You're on that new Walmart side of town, Right? So if you don't have to go to the big Walmart, you can just run out there to the neighborhood market and go get some stuff. There's a lot of good reasons to pick Portico as your next move. 
If you need more information, and I would encourage you to reach out to my friend Brooks Bryan. He's my friend, your friend. He's everybody's friend. Robbed a home run to send us to Omaha. He's my friend for life. For life. Just for that moment, Brooks. Just for that moment. Just for what he did for us. But no, seriously, Brooks is a great guy, a great businessman. Wants to help you guys make Starkville more of a permanent part of your life. Give Brooks a call. He can tell you all about these homes, 2,000 square foot homes. And listen, for every size family, for every need, he can get you taken care of. From two-bedroom, two-bath, to four-bedroom, four-bath. 601-416-8075. Again, that's 601-416-8075. Brooks Bryant, former Diamond Dog. Let's talk a little basketball if we can. So Mississippi State getting ready to go play Texas A&M. Now, I don't know if you know this. I would say most of our casual fans probably don't know this, and some of you may have been checked out on basketball. Texas A&M has not played in over a month. They have not played a game in over a month. And just when they started getting healthy and kind of getting the COVID stuff behind them, the, the snowstorm hit, record snowstorm. And so those games got canceled too. Rather than try to explain it in my own words, I pulled up the transcript of Buzz Williams' press conference from earlier this week. I want to read to you what he said. I think it's important to kind of hear it from his perspective. He had his press conference a couple days, I guess it was on, um, on Monday. Today is March 1st, and we're praying March is a better month than February for our program. The only time we practiced with every player last month was on February 1st. It was a Monday. That was following our victory at Kansas State. The rest of the month, we only had eight practices and did not have a full squad. We're practicing today. Think about that. One practice with the full squad in a month. I like the idea of having bowl-like practices, but Coach Fisher probably knows more about what goes into that than I would, talking about Jimbo. The virus doesn't discriminate against age, so we couldn't split up into old and young guys in some of our practices. We only had four players. It was unique. Four players at times. What can I say so far so good? There are still tests that need to be completed regarding the virus, and depending on those, we'll have a decision on Wednesday's game. We have it now. We'll be able to practice today because everybody's test yesterday came back negative. We had an early bird today. I'm saying my prayers, and I'm not saying they're potent, but I'm hoping they're heard. Our kids are all different. With every kid, they're a different stage emotionally and physically. We're all trying to process what is going on if this has never happened before. That's not being negative towards anybody in our program. There's no playbook on what to do if this occurs. When you miss seven games because of COVID-19 and another game because of the worst snowstorm in the history of Texas and all those egg cancellations come within 28 days, it's tough. I seek discernment on how I can treat and help these guys every day, even though they're all in different places. Finding the right thing to help them as a group has been difficult. I've always thought that when things are bad, you should be aggressive. When things are good, you should be aggressive. I don't know if aggressive is the right approach right now, because there's been so much instability in the last 11 months. It's created so many non-rhythm and non-routine experiences. Your emotional level changes as a result, and I don't know if I've done a good job. I don't know if that's fair, you know. I mean, I, I think, as he mentioned, it's an unprecedented time. But I, I'll say this. Um, the fact that they have had the challenges that they have had, they're going to be rusty. we got to go win the ball game. Okay, now I know they're going to be happy to be back on the floor and they're going to be pumped up and there's going to be a lot of jubilation and finally being back. Uh, not that we're a world-old machine, but 
we've been able to practice. We've been able to play. And so we got to go down there and find a way to win this basketball game. And listen, I'm not going to go sit here and just, you know, put a lot of pressure on the basketball team. But, you know, if you just look at this thing on paper and you take the emotional aspect out of it, you know, the fact that they have not had been able to have full practices, they've not been able to play, um, there's no reason they should win this basketball game. And you can say, well, Steve, you're going to jinx us. Well, no, I don't believe in any jinxes, okay? But if they haven't played in a month, they haven't practiced as a squad, as a full squad in a month, and we have, we ought to be able to go out there and get in their legs a little bit, I would think. You know, they ought to have fresh legs, but they're not going to be in shape. It's a different, it's a, a different deal. There's a different thing, you know, being in game shape and then being in practice shape. It's a different deal. There's an, a, a level of intensity and emotion that comes of being with games, and you really kind of stress yourself a little bit more. If you hadn't done that in a while, if you haven't exerted yourself, you know, to your full capacity, mentally and physically and emotionally in a while, you know, I could see them getting gassed a little bit. And so this is a good situation for Mississippi State, probably one of the more winnable games that we've had on the road in a long time. And listen, nothing but our basketball team ever surprises me. And they're not going to surprise me, good, bad, or indifferent. Because I've learned to expect the unexpected with this group. But I would expect us to be able to go down there and handle business. Now, Buzz Williams has found a way to kind of keep uh, – you know, Ben Howland at bay a lot of times. I mean, you know, he, his press has given us a lot of trouble. And so I am sure they're going to go with that a lot. Uh, I, I suspect that they'll probably just keep coming at us in waves as best they can uh, just to kind of keep some, uh, some fresh legs on the floor. But um, you're going to be who you are. I mean, you're not, you're not going to reinvent the wheel just because of the fact that uh, you hadn't played. And, you know, maybe that's one of the things, too, they hadn't played so much. Maybe they've been able to put some new wrinkles in. We don't have any recent film to see how they're running their sets and things like that. But, um, you know, it kind of is what it is. But, you know, if I'm, if I'm Ben Howe and I'm thinking, you know what, we got to find a way to win this game. And the fact that they're vulnerable should make it that much easier for us. And, then, listen, it's tough to go on the road and win in the SEC, but I, I can't ever remember a time – you know, in my lifetime, when you have had a, a, a situation like this where your opponent has not been on the court in a year, in a, pardon me, in a month, may, may feel like a year, just doesn't make a lot of sense. But uh, we're going to have to find, find a way to win the ball game. It's a senior night deal down there. Emotions are going to be high, as well they should be. But uh, it's just incredible to think about, you know, I cannot begin to imagine as a coach – you know, week after week after week, said, okay, we're going to play this week, we're going to play, and then you, you, your game's canceled. Your game's postponed. Your game's canceled. And then, okay, well, let's move on to the next opponent, and then it's canceled. When you have to, then you have to pause practices. Then you've got to uh, go out there and practice with, you know, student managers and people like that just to be able to put some type of scrimmage situation together. Uh, Buzz Williams and his group on the men's side have probably had more to deal with than anybody. I mean, it is, it's crazy to think about the challenges they've had there. And so we need to be able to take advantage. It's nothing personal, Buzz, but, uh, you know, we're trying to salvage something out of this season ourselves. Uh, looking at their numbers here real quickly before we move along here, looking at the uh, individual statistics here. Emmanuel Miller is their guy. He absolutely is. It's one of those guys you look at and you get excited about and, you know, 14.8 points a game. He's the only guy that's scoring in double figures. But it's pretty balanced behind him. 
You know, Quentin Jackson's a guy that's just under 10. Andre Gordon right there as well. J.J. Chandler, 8'4". Savian Flag. I mean, they've got some guys that can get out and play a little bit. they got some athletes, for sure. And they they tend to give us some trouble, right? I mean, we've been through this before uh, many times with them, and especially since Buzz has been there. They they find a way to kind of get out and run a little bit and uh, try to get some some buckets in transition. You know, and and listen – we played these guys at our place. It seems like forever ago, back in January 13th, and we lose the ball game 56-55. We blew it. We blew it. Had a chance to win it late, and we blew it. And if you're Ben Howen, you shouldn't have to say anything else. It's like, you know what? We were a better team than them. We had them on our home floor. We blew it. We get a chance to go pay it back. You go win this ball game, and then we'll see what happens on Wednesday against Auburn. And then we get into the SEC tournament. John Cohen was quoted on the radio earlier this week as saying that both of our basketball coaches will be back. That should not be a surprise to anybody that has listened to the show. Nikki McCray Penson will be back for another year. We're going to talk about the women here shortly. Ben Howell will be back for another year. And then we'll see what happens. And, you know, at the beginning of the year, I think that was kind of the thought process is, you know, how, how would you fire somebody in a COVID year well, in football, we had a bunch, right? I don't know if we have as many in men's basketball. I just, I just, you know, it's especially when you look at how small the roster sizes are and the stresses that have been put on these programs, uh, I could see some grace this year. So, Ben Howen back. John, John Cohen now on the when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Record publicly saying Ben Hallen will be back next year. Mississippi State women are in action this uh, morning as they begin the SEC tournament. You guys uh, should be very familiar with that. We're usually not playing on this day. You know, we're not used to that. It's something that we have not done in a long time. And so uh, it's just part of the deal, right? So we're going to play, excuse me, we're going to play them uh, Thursday, excuse me. Thursday um, in Greenville, South Carolina. We'll play LSU. And, again, that we're not used to playing on that day. We're usually, usually getting that double bye and having to you know play Friday, Saturday, Sunday and get on out of there. But uh, we're going to play LSU. And then if we win that, we'll get 22-1 uh, Texas A&M. But, you know, State played LSU pretty well here recently. We went down to Baton Rouge. Matter of fact, that was our last victory Back on Thursday, February 25th, we got down there and beat them 68-59. You remember, it was really a game at the half. And then Nikki McCray-Pinson's group kind of took over in the second half. Uh, LSU, I guess, was up, uh, you know, just a handful there. I guess seven points or so uh, there at the break. And then we destroyed them in the third quarter, 25-8. to uh, Aliyah Matharu had a big game against them, 4-6 from the three-point line. They'll be definitely picking her up. And we were only 5 of 17 as a team from three that night. And so it's not like we just had a great game from the perimeter. Uh, I think it's important to understand, too, and I kind of touched on this in the last show. Had some more discussions with people. One, you know, it's one of those things I've learned about this is once you broach the subject, 
and people realize maybe you have a little bit of knowledge, people want to give you a few more details. Um, you know, I mentioned on the last show we have we had some problems, you know, within the team last year. And then, you know, you had a veteran guy like, you know, Vic Schaefer here. And, and so Vic can kind of kind of handle that. And that's not to say that Nicky can't, but, you know, Vic is a guy that's been a head coach and, and has an established pedigree at Mississippi State. And so there's an expectation, there's a staff here, there are players that are bought in. And so all of a sudden when you have a bad actor come in, you know, some of the players kind of begin to police themselves a little bit. Well, then when you change coaches, you've got a little bit of a culture shift. And all of a sudden, you know, we don't have to do the same drills. We don't have to get out and go do that. And, and one of the things that I've, I've, I've heard is that, you know, when you know, Vic Schaefer, when Vic was one unhappy with the team, we would just run all day. You know, we'd get out there and we'd run bulldog and we'd play this and we'd run drills and uh, they ran until Vic got tired of watching them run. And it's been a little different with Nikki, and I, you know, and maybe maybe she should consider running them a little bit more. But you know, so she inherited some of those issues. And I'm not going to sit here and you know defend Nikki McCray Penson. I don't think she needs it, but. You know, the reality of it is, is that some of the some of the the problems that you guys have seen and have heard about are things that were, you know, that kind of began to manifest last year. And then we had the coaching change. And so it's kind of become it's bubbled over a little more now because you have a staff that comes in that doesn't know these players, doesn't have a relationship with them. And listen, you know, part of the of coaching is learning what motivates each player and you can't motivate them all the same way. I know when I coached high school baseball, you know, with, with my kid, if I ever got on him, uh, he was going to shut down on me. But if I went out there and gave him some positive praise and say, this is what I want from you, good job on this, so he's going to do everything he can to impress me. I had some other kids out there, if I ever gave them uh, praise, it was like, well, what did, um, what did uh, Nick Saban call it, you know, rat poison or whatever? You know, if I ever praised some of those kids, they would let up. And so it's the same thing with Nikki McCray-Pinson. You know, she's kind of figuring out, okay, this is the currency for this player. And, again, as I've said on the show before, when you have to recruit your roster to stay once you get here, and now all of a sudden i got to take my recruiter hat off and go be the coach, sometimes it's a difficult transition, and that had to happen in a very short time. And so one of the things that I've heard about practices is she spends a lot of time teaching, a lot of time player development. You know, Vic emphasized conditioning. Vic emphasized defense. And every coach does it a little bit different. Now, you may recall, too, you know, Vic didn't have a great year the first year. He also started from much farther back, right? He didn't inherit the same level of talent that Nikki McCray-Penson did. And so, you know, she has in many ways kind of become a victim of his success because we played at such a high level, we began to recruit players that ordinarily we had never had a shot at. And so they come in with a different dynamic. You know, it's one thing when you have players that come in that, uh, you know, it's like, hey, I'm happy to be here. And other players are like, you know what, I've got – I had 50 different offers and uh, you're lucky that I'm here. You're lucky that I picked you. And there is some of that. There is some of that that exists. And so either you have to coach it out of them or you've got to remove them from the team. And I share with you guys, and I my cell phone lit up after the, the show aired on uh, Monday, you're going to have some players leave. And it's going to be for the betterment of the program. Some of it will be our choice. Some of it will be their choice. But you're going to have some players leave. You, you might as well go ahead and get ready for that. 
That won't stop the big freakout. You know, we'll have the big Facebook freakouts, right? That's what always happens. Anytime something something happens or somebody leaves, you know, it's, we automatically assume, you know, that we did something wrong as a program or we did something wrong as a university. We, we, we have a segment of our fan base that finds a way to blame Mississippi State first, no matter what the circumstances are. But I think it's important to understand that, uh, you know, you got to give the coach an opportunity to kind of manage a roster. You know, all of a sudden, if you if you know Dr. Keenum's office or John Cohen step in and say, "Hey, Nikki, now we can't run this player off," well, then you just cut her legs off from under her. Because yeah, nobody else on the team is going to respect her after that. Because then all they got to do is go run back and talk to you know, Dr. Keenum or John Cohen and get what they want. Well, I can assure you that's not going to happen with John Cohen or Dr. Keenum. But you understand my point is you got to give her the ability to have some autonomy to manage her team. And so, you know, we'll see what happens next year. But, uh, you know, it'd be nice for us to find a way to, you know, win a couple games here in the postseason. Maybe we can beat LSU and get in the tournament. And, and you just never know. You know, when you get in those pods, you never know. I mean, you just simply never know how people are going to react. And I think a lot of this, too, when we get in the losing streak, you begin to ask yourself, man, are we ever going to win again? What if we get to the tournament? What if we don't make it? What if on my watch this great run with Mississippi State ends while I'm here, you know, when I look at the players that have come before me and the tradition that they've built and the winning culture they've built, and then I'm here when it's my turn to carry the torch, I drop it. There's a lot of pressure involved in all that. And so it could be a situation that you get in the tournament, you know, and you know, maybe you won a couple of ball games. Maybe you get back to Sweet 16. Who knows? You just got to get there first. And then we'll see what the matchups look like. But, um, you know, we'll see what happens on Thursday. But, uh, I, I'm again – I'm ready to get basketball season in the books. And it's for a couple of reasons. Number one, I'm, I'm ready to focus all of my energy on baseball. But number two, you know, it has been such a long and frustrating year for our fans. And I know it has been for our players and coaches. I'm not trying to diminish their sacrifice in any way. But, you know, when you have the dashed expectations and then you can it's – like, it's like death by a thousand cuts. It's like every time you turn around, there's a new disappointment, there's a new issue – there's always something, and, and so it just kind of wears you down after a while, and I think we're going to be really good in baseball. And so I'd like to be able to get basketball in the books and then uh, us be able to kind of celebrate and kind of end this academic year on a high note with what I believe could be a very special baseball team. You know, we have struggled through football, so didn't know if we were going to have football season. Had baseball season canceled last year. The NCAA tournament was canceled. We had a great women's team last year. I had a chance to go do some cool things. That was taken away from us. And then we finally get football back. And it, it's, it's not what we expect it to be. You know, it's the SEC schedule, the 10-game schedule. And we knew when that 10-game schedule came out, chances of us putting together a winning season was pretty slim. Then we beat LSU and we think, hey, man, all things are possible. And then we win three regular season games. You know, and so we've been beaten down for a while. You know what I'm saying? We've just been kind of been beaten down. And so, you know, all hope springs eternal. So it's like we can get to baseball and end the year on a winning note and begin to kind of feel good and say, you know what? Now we get ready to look ahead to football season again. Maybe we can get back to some normalcy. I mean, you've seen the articles, Greg Byrne from Alabama and many other schools are saying, you know what, we expect to go back to 100% in-person classes next year and to have full stadiums and, uh, you know – that excites people. And so you begin to think just maybe, maybe we're on the back end of this thing and maybe sometime here in the next few months that we can have this thing behind us. That's the hope anyway. 
Well, that's going to do it for today. And again, many of you reach out from time to time and say, Steve, what's the uh, website to get books? It's alphadogsthebook.com. Go check it out today. You can get personalized copies of Flim Flam, Stark Villains, and Alpha Dogs right there, all in one place. All right, whatever you want to on them. And many of you have gone out and bought them at bookstores, and you say, hey, Steve, next time I see you, I'd like to have you personalize this or sign this. Well, you can save yourself a lot of time and effort by ordering directly from the website itself. Not that I don't want you to represent our vendors and and solicit them, but uh, if you need something personalized, your best option is to go to alphadogsthebook.com. And if you're looking for Stark Villains gear, and you should be, go to starkvillains.com, and you can order T-shirts and hoodies uh, right there. Thank those guys so much for all they do for me. But until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.